Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis of Velosos, and today we're helping the Online Sewing Weekender 2021 team. So you'll make sure that you book in for this great event running on the 12th and 13th of June. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to this first special online Sewing Weekender podcast. In the podcast studio, we have our great friend Charlotte of Charlotte Emma Patterns with Rachel and Kate from The Fold Line. They're the innovative and fantastic organisers of this year's online Sewing Weekender. Charlotte, Rachel and Kate, thank you so much for coming into the Sew Organised Style podcast studio today. Thanks, Maria. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Okay, if people don't know who Charlotte, Kate and Rachel are, Charlotte, can you tell us what your Instagram name is and then we'll move on to Rachel and Kate. Yep, so I'm Charlotte at Charlotte Emma Patterns and I'm a blogger based in Birmingham and same pattern designer. Great. Rachel? Um, so we are The Fold Line um, and we are a online sewing pattern shop um, based in the UK and we both uh, live in London and our Instagram handle is at The Fold Line. However, people can find you on your website with all of those resources that you've both been developing for such a long time. Yeah, it's been five years. <laughs> Hard work. So yeah, there's lots on there. When did you start sewing, Rachel? Um, so I was taught to sew by my mum when I was quite little. So I, I do some sort of tiny projects, but I really got into it when I was doing my GCSE. So I'd been about 14, 15, and I had to do a textile project for school. And my usual self of being a little bit overambitious, I decided to sew a festival tent, which ended up being like this enormous, like four person tent. And that's really kind of when it cemented kind of my love of sewing and also broke my mum's sewing machine so that's how it all started but you were popular <laughs> yeah and Kate I was quite late I think I started when I was about 16 my mum had made her own clothes but she didn't teach me and I learned at school I think mm-hmm. and then went on to do fashion design at university so then I was pattern cutting and making clothes I actually hadn't made a huge amount before I got there. And I actually didn't even know about the indie sewing market or even McCall's and, you know, the big commercial patterns until I think I was about 30. So really late to finding out about it all. But I suppose that there weren't that many indie pattern designers at that time anyway. No, there were probably about five or six, Mm. believe it or not. (laughs) And then it's just exploded into what it is now. And Charlotte's one of our newest pattern designers too now. Yep. (laughs) Charlotte, how's your pattern designing going? Good. I've got one pattern to be released very soon and then another three on the way. So it's just finding time for it around everything else. How's the fold line been dealing with all the various lockdowns? I'd say that it's been quite mixed for us. On the one hand, a lot of people have been obviously had more time, so they've been at home and wanted to sew. So that's been great. And a lot of people have started sewing who have never done it before. So I think the sewing community has, you know, gained a lot of new beginners over the last year. But the downside obviously has been 
for us sort of running a business during lockdown has been quite difficult. And last March, when the UK went into its first lockdown, mm. that was really hard because we had to shut the warehouse for about a month. You know, obviously we couldn't send patterns out and do all the usual things we did. And that was really, really difficult to balance everything and, you know, obviously keep all the people that work for us, you know, employed. So it has been a real mixed bag, I would say. And also the uncertainty of just not knowing mm. when things are going to be open and posting stuff. I mean, some things have been taking like two months to get to America, you know, so the logistics have been really difficult trying to keep it going. And also creatively, like so much of our work, like creating posters, going out and seeing stuff. And because you couldn't do any of that, trying to think of ways to make it creative has been really tricky, I think, we found. You know, when the first lockdown happened, it took a lot of people by surprise. Various countries have had to go through it at various times. So I think we're all getting used to it, unfortunately. I think it was almost harder when things started to open up in different countries because at the beginning where everyone was in the same boat, it almost made it easier running a business because everyone was exactly the same. And then when different countries opened up, we found it harder because some people, had, you know, in different countries had different expectations of when things would arrive because you know it was all fine in their country so it has been it has been mad and amongst all of this madness the three of you were able to run the sewing weekender online last year we were going to do an in-person event that was what we planned and we booked the venue and we all had the date as soon as it happened we were like this is not realistic this is never gonna we're never gonna be able to make this safely happen yeah we made the decision quite quickly didn't we well I was quite sort of sure early on that you know we should just change our plans as soon as possible really because then we could have a lot more confidence in what we were doing rather than leave it till the last minute and then you know it'd be much more difficult and everyone have to change their plans so and I do remember us hilariously having a conversation saying that we were worried we wanted to get get it out before the lockdown ended we thought that by you know this the summer we'd all be living our normal lives again so we, we ended up doing it in quite a short space of time and everyone was amazing who helped last year because they didn't have a huge amount of time to get their videos together mm-hmm. yeah and I was going to say that um, I think one of the things that inspired us to do it as well was that we were seeing a lot of other events moving online so things like beer festivals and all sorts of events but not necessarily sewing events so that kind of inspired us to still run with the same weekend of last year but to move it online and I think a lot of the attendees started to use zoom more at that stage whereas if you look at it 12 months down the line a lot of people are now used to it yeah we were quite worried about the technology side of things actually and we definitely made a conscious effort to keep it on as few platforms as possible and we thought by the summer most people will have at least sat on or like you know have done a zoom call or used to watching a video on youtube that sort of thing yeah and and the great benefit of it being online last year is that obviously we then realized just how much more accessible it is it's not obviously just to people all around the world which is great to be able to connect but importantly people that couldn't previously have attended our in-person event because they just wouldn't have been able to and by being online it means that they have been able to join in with the event when previously that that sort of thing wouldn't have been possible for them so you know that's been really great to see and we had a lot of positive feedback from that point of view with the fold line having such a huge following when you have run it in person 
people like myself who live in a different country who sit there going, I wish I was there. Whereas at least last year, we were actually able to be there, which was wonderful. We were so happy because honestly, when the tickets go on sale for the in-person event, it's so stressful because you get the people who manage to get their ticket and then you get really upset emails for about two days from people who said that the website, they couldn't get on or they didn't get their ticket. And you end up just feeling really guilty <laughs> for about three days. So it's nice this way everyone can come. Because the content's pre-recorded, it avoids technical issues on the day, but it also means it can be quite relaxed and flexible and people can join in as they feel like over the weekend and after as well. After the sign weekend of last year, how did you feel that it went? I think we were really pleased with uh, how successful it had been because with the in-person event that had run for the previous four years, we obviously had to cap the numbers. So we knew that there was demand, more demand than we could meet, but I guess we had no idea how much. So yeah, just in terms of the numbers of people attending and, and then because it was a charity event, the amount of money it raised for charity, we were just extremely pleased. Yeah, I don't think we could ever imagine that we'd be able to raise so much money for charity. I mean, it really was an amazing thing to do, particularly at that time, you know, when everyone was going through quite different personal circumstances and being able to do that was, was it felt really, really good. And bringing everyone together as well. I think the Stone community was having a, um, a more difficult time at that point. Mm. And I think it really did help, you know, to bring everybody together. So last year, of all the money that we raised, we divided it into four charities, NHS Charities Together, which is based in the UK, Mind, which is a mental health charity, Black Lives Matter, and the Stephen Lawrence Charitable Trust, which is also based in the UK. And this year, we have chosen the charities Refuge, which helps people who are fleeing domestic violence, and the Black Curriculum, which sends volunteers into schools um, to teach them about black history and also find cell work who a charity that I have volunteered with in the past and they teach skills to prisoners and kind of embroidery tapestry and other needlework so that they have the skills to find employment once they leave prison and that way people who are attending know that their money is going to some really worthwhile charities when it comes to attending the sewing weekend what were the most popular things that people sewed yeah so I guess it's just worth reiterating that it's a really informal sewing event so people can sew anything they want it's no there's no specific pattern and obviously they join in from home or this year with lockdown less restrictive you might say from a friend's house or somewhere as well but last year people shared with us what they had been sewing the most popular patterns individual patterns were Tilly and the Buttons indigo dress and the paper theory Zadie jumpsuit but we also found loads of people were sewing trousers. That was a really popular choice, maybe due to having a whole weekend to sew. And then also smaller projects or quicker projects, like there was lots of masks, bags and pyjamas were really popular. And then we also had quite a few attendees telling us that they weren't doing garment sewing while they watched. So obviously most of our videos are focused on garment sewing, but people were watching along while they were quilting or they were doing embroidery or knitting so that they could sit and watch more easily. And the feedback that you got from last year, has that helped build the 2021 version of the online sewing weekender? Yeah, it definitely did. Once we finished, we sent out a survey because we wanted to know what we could do better. And every year we do that to try and kind of tweak it. 
and we got a lot of feedback saying that um, people wanted a few more tutorials. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have included that this year in the lineup. So we've got quite a lot more than we had last year. And people really loved the maker chats. A huge part of the sewing weekend is actually meeting people and engaging with other like-minded sewers. So we really wanted to have that feeling like you're in a room with other people listening to conversations. So we have these little 10-minute chats where people tell us what they've been up to or a bit about their business. It varies from person to person, but we've still got those as well because people seem to really enjoy those. Yeah, so in terms of the video content we've got to look forward to this year, so we've got a whole mix of videos for people to look forward to and we'll share more information in advance of the weekend. But just as a sneak peek, so we've got... Tara from Paper Theory sharing a tutorial for a Zadie jumpsuit hack. And then different from Garment Sewing, we've got Narissa Pratt providing an exclusive Bargello tutorial. It's a good variety though, isn't it? Yeah, it should be. So a bit of hand sewing or embroidery and garment construction. Yeah, we tried to make it quite varied, the content this year. So there's definitely, it's obviously got a, a kind of garment focus, but there's definitely other things included this year as well because most people who sew their own clothes like to do other creative pursuits so we do have a couple of extra more hand sewing things yeah and we also like for contributors to do something that they really feel passionate about so we don't have a theme or anything like that and we always say that we want you to do something that really interests you because I think you get a much more interesting video if somebody is doing something that they've planned and thought out rather than, you know, having to stick to quite a narrow topic area. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, we've got some really kind of hands-on tutorial videos that people might want to actually follow along with over the weekend. And then we've got some that are more general tips that you might then pick up some tips for your ongoing sewing, like things like pattern matching. And we've also got some more educational ones or, you know, like the history of swimwear is one of the videos, for example. That's great. That's a good spread of different things to learn from and to watch. Tickets have gone on sale now, haven't they? Yeah, you can get your tickets now. And on the website, can we also get the list of contributors? On our website, we've got a list of all the contributors. So you can see who will be talking about what and a full list of kind of the schedule for each day. So you can see what's happening on the Saturday and what's happening on the Sunday. And you can get tickets directly from that page. The good thing from last year was that you could still have access to those videos after the day. Is that still the case this year? Yes, it will be, yeah. Yeah, so even if it's a couple of weeks after, you can dip back in and think. We were quite conscious that it's, I think we were saying it's about four hours each day or maybe four to five hours of content, Mm -hmm. and that could be a bit overwhelming. So if you wanted to spread it out over a week, you could do it however you want to. You can kind of dip in and out especially the tutorial ones if you start something and want to come back and just double check how to do it you yeah and do that we definitely had people last year who um, messaged the staff afterwards to say that they'd ended up getting caught up with something else that weekend or the, i think the weather was nice that weekend that some people might have decided to go out and then they watch the videos the following week mm-hmm. if things go awry on the day you can still have access to those videos and tutorials Amongst all of the contributors and what's happening on the day, will you have a spread of live events as well as the pre-recorded videos that people can take part in? The main thing that we'll have is we're going to have a number of Zoom rooms available. 
because one thing that people mentioned is that they really wanted the opportunity to chat with other attendees. And obviously that element is more like the in-person and having that opportunity to meet new people and chat to your friends. So we're going to have a number of Zoom rooms open all day, both days of the weekend that you can just drop in throughout the day and just see what people are making and, and chat along. And obviously we also encourage people, if you have friends that are attending, you might want to set up a Zoom call yourself as well. And then the other thing we'll have is that we'll have a dedicated Facebook group that will be available once the tickets go on sale so people can share their plans and what they plan to make in advance with other attendees and chat about the event in advance and through the weekend. And then the other way that we suggest people connect is using the hashtag the so Weekender, and you can use that on Instagram, for example, to to share what you're planning to make in advance of the weekender and then also during the weekender to show us how you're getting on. Will it be hashtag the sewing weekender? Actually, it's sewing weekender. Will you have a countdown for the sewing weekender? Do you mean in what in terms of what we need to get done? As in how many days to go or how many sleeps to go? Oh, <laughs> we should do that. Well, the thing that's so different from the in-person one is that the online one, actually, we end up getting it finished a few days beforehand. So by the time the day actually happens, it's mostly done. So as long as the email's gone out, everyone's got their schedule, all the people who can't find the email have emailed us, then actually it's quite calm for us throughout the day. Whereas the in-person one, it's almost calm up to the day and then the the day before and the day's over it's it's mad so we were laughing last year about how relaxing the weekend had been and we were expecting it to be chaos which is what it usually is in Cambridge because you're running around all the time I actually managed to do some sewing last year which we definitely don't manage in person Rachel did you get any sewing done as well I did a little bit actually last year embarrassingly I probably sewed sort of half a dress and I still haven't finished it so maybe that is my challenge for this year is that that dress can come back out again and I'll finish it. Fingers crossed. Any last messages for listeners who are thinking about getting a ticket for the Sewing Weekender? I mean, I think keep the weekend of the 12th to 13th of June free because that's when it's all going to take place. And we definitely recommend buying a ticket in advance so that you can also take part in all the videos that will be available over the weekend and join in with those Zoom rooms. And so listeners can go to thefoldline.com to get their tickets this year as well? Yes. Yeah, so we have, we've got a dedicated page where you can get your tickets from. Charlotte, Rachel and Kate, I wish you all the best in getting us to the actual days on the 12th and 13th of June for the online sewing weekend of this year. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Maria. This episode prepared for the Online Sewing Weekend of 2021 was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Charlotte of Charlotte Emma Pattons and the Foldline team of Rachel and Kate. Sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to Sew Organised Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher and all good podcast distributors. Make sure you subscribe so that you can listen to all of the Lead Up Sewing Weekender podcasts. To find out more about the online Sewing Weekender, go to the Foldline website, which is thefoldline.com, or go to the Foldline Instagram account at thefoldline. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.